0: Hello there, faithful listener. You've tuned in to season seven of the Bible Explained podcast. So make sure to grab your cup of coffee, because today we are going to be discussing the book of 1 Samuel. Hello and good morning, faithful listeners, and welcome to the Bible Explained podcast on this lovely Friday before Christmas. And this will be the last episode that I do before Christmas. And just to let you guys know, I'll be taking Tuesday and Wednesday off next week, the two days after Christmas. Now on Monday, there will be an episode. It's going to be the yearly candlelit Christmas episode that I do on December 24th at midnight, or rather December 25th, I guess, at midnight. So uh, tune in for that because I'm going to be talking about Jesus' second coming into the world and how that relates to Christmas as well. So that'll be a a really fun episode, and I hope you guys tune in for it. But today, let's go ahead and talk about 1 Samuel chapter 4 and finish out this chapter. And before I start reading, I'm going to do a quick little recap of what we talked about on Wednesday. So as you guys remember, on Wednesday, Israel went out to battle against the Philistines. We talked about who the Philistines were, how they were a very powerful group of people. And we also talked about how Israel... Got defeated by them almost immediately. So instead of calling out to God for help, they decide to take the Ark of the Covenant out of the most holy place, which, by the way, the only people that were allowed to go into the most holy place was supposed to be the high priest once a year on the Day of Atonement. But clearly, more than just the high priest had to go in to get the Ark of the Covenant because it was a heavy object. So These people go in to get the Ark of the Covenant and decide to take it out to battle without even asking God about that first. So they take it out and when they see the Ark of the Covenant, all of Israel is cheering and they're super excited because the Ark of the Covenant is here to save them. So they're relying more on the Ark of the Covenant than they are on God. Now, meanwhile, the Philistines were hearing the Israelite camp, like screaming and cheering and praising and whatever else they were doing. And the Philistines become terrified because they're like, oh, my gosh, the Ark of the Covenant is in the Israeli camp. And so that means we're all going to die because God has just visited the Israeli camp is what they say. So instead of, you know, turning to God, the Philistines are like, we're going to fight even harder. And so that's what they do. They fight very hard against the Israelites and against God and they ended up winning. They won so much that I think it was 32,000, no, 30,000 footmen of Israel died that day. Now, part of the men who died were actually Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas. They both died on the same day. And so the prophecy that God had given Eli about that actually came true on this day as well. So that is where we left off on Wednesday. So let's read 1 Samuel 4 verses 12 to the end of the chapter today. And I will be reading out of W.E.B. as usual. Grab your cup of coffee or your cup of tea and let's give reverence to God's word this morning. A man of Benjamin ran out of the army and came to Shiloh that same day with his clothes torn and with dirt on his head. When he came, behold, Eli was sitting on his seat by the road and watching for his heart trembled for God's ark. When the man came into the city and told about it, all the city cried out. When Eli heard the noise of the crying, he said, What does the noise of this tumult mean? The man hurried and came and told Eli. Now Eli was ninety-eight years old. His eyes were set so that he could not see. The man said to Eli, I am he who came out of the army, and I fled today out of the army. He said, How did the matter go, my son? He who brought the news answered, Israel has fled before the Philistines, and there has also been a great slaughter among the people. Your two sons also, Hophni and Phinehas, are dead, and God's ark has been captured. When he made mention of God's ark, Eli fell off of his seat backward by the side of the gate, and his neck broke, and he died, for he was an old man and heavy, and he judged Israel for forty years. His daughter-in-law, Phineas's wife, was with child near to giving birth. When she heard the news that God's ark was taken and that her father-in-law and her husband were dead, she bowed herself and gave birth, for her pains came on her. About the time of her death, the women who stood by her said to her, Don't be afraid, for you have given birth to a son. But she didn't answer, neither did she regard it. She named the child Ichabod, saying, The glory has departed from Israel. Because God's ark was taken, and because of her father-in-law and her husband, she said, the glory has departed from Israel, for God's ark has been taken. So I'd like to go back to 1 Samuel 3 and read the prophecy again that God brought to Samuel. So it says in 1 Samuel three eleven through 14, Yahweh said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel at which both the ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from the beginning even to the end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knew because his sons brought a curse on themselves and he didn't restrain them. Therefore, I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be removed with sacrifice or offering forever. So that absolutely happened in the portion of scripture we read today. Now, God did actually tell Eli all of that in 1 Samuel 2. He told Eli, he was like, look, these things are going to happen to you because you did not listen to me. And Eli, his big fault was the fact that he saw sin going on in the temple and did nothing to stop it. And that is what God said to Eli. And because Eli cared more about his sons than he did about God, all of these things were going to happen. And they happened right here in 1 Samuel chapter 4. So it says in verse 12 a man of Benjamin ran out of the army and came to Shiloh that same day. So this means that this young man ran very far, probably many miles, all in one day. And his clothes were torn and he had dirt on his head. Now, this would be like the common mourning practice back in these days. You'll often see them like tear their clothes and stuff when they're in mourning. They tear their clothes and then they like put like soot on their heads to show that they are extremely distraught over something. So this young man, not only did he travel very quickly, many miles all in the same day, but he did it while in mourning. And this would show all of Israel that something terrible had happened. So the messenger comes into Shiloh and Eli was actually sitting on his seat by the road, waiting for any news that would come because Eli specifically was very concerned about the Ark of the Covenant. So this young man passes right by Eli, which (laughs) is interesting because Eli was blind so it's very likely that he didn't realize that the young man like had passed right by him. So the young man just passes right by Eli, probably because he didn't want to tell Eli, honestly, because Eli was the big wig. He was the high priest and he was the judge of Israel. And so this young man didn't want to tell him. So he runs right past Eli and Eli's just like sitting there waiting for news. And Eli starts to hear a bunch of people in the distance crying and being super upset. So Eli calls to somebody. He's like, what is happening? So the young man that like passed right by Eli <laughs> goes back to Eli. And so he tells Eli the story. And here's what it says. The man hurried and came and told Eli. Now, Eli was 98 years old. His eyes were set so that he could not see. So he was extremely blind and he was extremely old as well. And the man said to Eli, I came out of the army and I fled here today. Israel has fled before the Philistines. There has been a great slaughter among the people. Your two sons, also Hophni and Phinehas, are dead and God's ark has been captured. Now, Eli died very quickly after hearing the ark of God was captured. And it was specifically after that was told to him. That's what it says. When he made mention of God's ark, Eli fell from off of his seat backward and broke his neck. So you might be wondering, why was it the ark of God that was mentioned that caused Eli to faint like that and break his neck? Because he had just gotten multiple things of bad news. He got the bad news of his sons going into battle and dying. He got the bad news of many thousands of Israelites dying in this slaughter against the Philistines. He got all of this bad news, but it wasn't until the Ark of the Covenant was mentioned as being captured that Eli died. Like his heart couldn't handle that. And why? And I I wonder this as well. I think that back in these days... The Ark of the Covenant seemed to be almost revered as much as God, if not probably more. It was the symbol of God being in Israel. And so I can understand why people would want the Ark of the Covenant in Israel. But at the same time, you can see from what we talked about on Wednesday, the people thought of the Ark of the Covenant as like a good luck charm that they could take with them into battle and they idolized the Ark of the Covenant. That is probably why God had the Ark get captured in the first place to show that the Ark of the Covenant was not what was to be worshipped. God was who was to be worshipped. The Ark of the Covenant leaving Israel didn't mean that God's glory left Israel. And yet that seems like what everybody believes here. They believe that because the Ark of the Covenant is gone, God, God's glory must also be gone. But God's glory can never be gone because God is so glorious and every bit of creation shows God's glory. I mean, it, it actually says in the Psalms that the skies actually declare God's glory And the stars and everything that God made declares God's glory. So just because the Ark of the Covenant was gone, that didn't mean that God's glory left Israel. God's glory is everywhere and it will always be everywhere. However, I think the Israelites revered the Ark of the Covenant so much that they made it into an idol. Now, another reason why Eli might have died because of the Ark of the Covenant is because he realized that the prophecy that he got from God saying that these terrible things are going to happen, Eli realized just now that they all happened. And I don't think Eli realized how bad it was going to be. Because if you notice Eli's response to the prophecy that God gave him, Eli was almost like, "Eh, okay, yep, let God do what he wants to do. And he was so aloof with it. It was almost like if he ignored it, it was going to go away. But now Eli is realizing what he did. Not only did his sons die, but all these other people died as well. And the Ark of the Covenant was captured. So maybe now Eli is realizing just how he caused a lot of this because he was the leader of Israel and he did nothing to stop the sin that was happening in his country. So Eli, he dies he, he breaks his neck because he fell backwards and he was not only a very old man, but he was also a very big man as well. So he faints and he breaks his neck and he dies after hearing the news specifically that the Ark of the Covenant has been captured. Now, I should mention the Ark of the Covenant being captured really was a big deal because Shiloh was the place where people would go to worship God. And now the temple in Shiloh no longer holds the Ark of the Covenant, the place where God's presence would sit. And what ended up happening to Shiloh after this was Shiloh basically got destroyed either by the Philistines or just over time, Shiloh just was not what it used to be. And so the temple in Shiloh was basically rejected right after this. This was the start of all of this. So going back to that prophecy you know, that God gave to Samuel in first Samuel chapter three, it says in that day, God will perform against Eli all that he spoke to him concerning his house from the beginning, even to the end. I told him that I would judge his house forever for the iniquity, which he knew because his sons brought a curse on themselves and he didn't restrain them. Therefore, the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be removed with sacrifice or offering forever. So this is exactly what happened. And it it happened on a spiritual level as well. Eli was the high priest of Israel. Eli was supposed to take care of the temple in Shiloh. And now not only is Eli dead and his sons are dead, but now even Shiloh, in a sense, is dead. Because like I said, the the temple in Shiloh never got its former glory back. And the the Ark of the Covenant, when it was eventually retrieved, uh, never actually went back to Shiloh. So you can see the multiple facets of this prophecy that God stated coming true right here in 1 Samuel chapter 4. But moving forward, it's not just Eli that ends up dying along with his two sons, Phineas and Hophni, but also Phineas's wife ends up dying as well. So in verses 19 through 22, it talks about Eli's daughter-in-law, and she's not named but she is Phineas's wife, and she was with child near to giving birth. So she was pregnant. So she was very pregnant, actually. And she was very close already to giving birth. And so when she heard the news of her husband, her father-in-law, and the Ark of the Covenant all getting taken along with this terrible slaughter that happened to Israel, she goes into labor immediately because she is so upset. So she goes into labor and it says that she was about to die. However, before dying, she ended up having a son. And the women who are around her are trying to encourage her. They're like, look, you know, you have a son. Don't be afraid of everything that happened. You have a son. You're going to be protected. You're going to be taken care of. This is your son's going to be the next priest of Israel. So, so don't be afraid. But she didn't answer them and neither did she regard them. And this isn't because she died. She didn't die yet. She didn't regard them because she was so distraught. She didn't care. It's almost as if like, imagine your hometown or your country or your state or wherever you live just being totally invaded by some foreign army. And not only was it invaded, your entire family died. And also tons of other of your countrymen died as well that very day as well as the churches in your area getting ransacked and destroyed. I can't imagine you wouldn't be distraught as well. And she was so distraught over this stuff. It was almost like, what's the point of raising a child in this environment? What's the point when the temple is destroyed and the Ark of the Covenant is taken and my family is all dead and my countrymen are all dead? What is the point of having a child? This is not an exciting moment. And so she just dies. This very distraught death. But before she dies, she names the child Ichabod, saying that the glory has departed from Israel. And the name Ichabod means no glory. And it's really interesting because this is also kind of that prophecy once again coming true. Where Eli's family, Eli's family line and the priests from Eli, they weren't going to have the glory anymore that God initially gave the Levitical priests. He was going to give that glory to somebody else. So Eli's daughter-in-law, Phineas' wife, ends up dying. And this seems like a very hopeless story. Like if you read this and this was like the end of 1 Samuel, you'd be like, oh my gosh, like this is a horrible ending to a story. Like it's, it's so hopeless, but God foresaw all of this god told eli all of this was going to happen and god knew what was happening with the ark of the covenant as well and it's not like because the ark of the covenant was gone god was distraught god knew exactly what he was going to do with the ark of the covenant he was doing this to teach israel a lesson that they don't revere an object before they revere him and humans fall into this trap all the time of revering an object before revering God. I know people who revere the cross, like the symbol of the cross, so much that they get offended if like, the cross gets taken down for a special service or something like that. And that's just not the right way to view symbols of God. Because we don't worship those symbols, we worship God himself. We don't worship the symbol of the cross, we worship the one who died on the cross for our sins. So we can't fall into that trap. We can't fall into the trap of worshiping objects before we worship God, before we worship the one who gave value to those objects. This reminds me of a verse. I don't remember where it's at, I'm sorry, but... It says something along the lines of they worshipped the creation before they worshipped the creator. So to conclude, take some time today to worship the creator. The one who gave you all those nice creations, those nice objects that you like so much. Take time to worship the one who made those things and who gave them to you out of the goodness of his heart. Faithful listeners, I hope you have a fantastic Christmas Isn't it crazy that another Christmas is like coming and going? It's just so insane to me that I've been doing this podcast for three, over three years now. And this is my fourth, is my fourth? Yeah, it's going to be my fourth Christmas special episode that I'm going to be doing. But I hope you guys just really have a fantastic Christmas. Don't forget who you are worshiping on Christmas Day. Don't forget why we celebrate Christmas Day. Christmas literally means Christ's day, okay? So keep that in mind as you are opening gifts on Monday morning and as you're going about your festivities and eating good food. Just take time. Like I said in in today's episode, take time to worship the Creator, the one who gave you all those nice things on Christmas Day. Faithful listeners, I will see you all Sunday night at midnight. And until then, Merry Christmas, Happy Weekend, and God bless you oh.